morning. Welcome to Adam versus the man. Thank you for joining us on this beautiful Thursday morning here. Got a lot of headlines to get to. We got GI Mary Jane in studio. We got Ed Vallejo in the co-host seat. And we're just going to jump right into it. So as, as Philip DeFranco would say, right? Jim, producer notes. What's going on? That was hella quick. I almost wasn't even ready to do promos yet. Quick, before your computer freezes again. (laughs) No doubt. Well, give it a second to load all my promo pages. You can join us at t.me forward slash Adam vs. The Man and see all the links for all the stuff we have, the content we have to cover today. We might not not get to all of it because we got a nice double guest show going on. But we do got Adam running the show, so we may get through all of it. But... We may get through all some of them pretty quickly. So if you want to get in more detail on one that Adam breezes over, then go ahead and uh, join the Telegram. Uh, otherwise, you can join the show, the show at, you can support the show at patreon.com forward slash Adam versus the man. One, five, ten, or even $50 a month at the different levels you can support the show. Uh, so definitely give Patreon a visit and definitely check those out. Another website we're promoting right now is homefrontbattlebuddies.com, an excellent veterans nonprofit organization that runs uh, retreats, uh, flies veterans in from all over the country to give them retreats, give them things to do, give them things to think about, therapies. It's a beautiful time. All of your donations sent to Homefront Battle Buddies are tax deductible as it is a legit 501c3 veterans nonprofit. So definitely check out homefrontbattlebuddies.com and click all the buttons, learn all this stuff, and do all this stuff. Instagram, at the Garden of Freedom. Awesome, cool, psychedelic pictures and videos of everything of life up there in Gardenia. If you want to check out Adam and his crazy hair, his silhouette pictures, or his psychedelic pictures, Instagram, at the Garden of Freedom, is where you can do that easily. Definitely get yourself connected and visually uh, stimulate your eyeballs. TheCrypto6.com. The Bitcoin church that was raided up in Keene, New Hampshire. This is the website. You can learn all about what's going on with them. Get some updates. You can scan these QR codes to donate different cryptocurrencies to help their cause. This button right here will click and give you the address. So you can write Mr. Nobody who's still sitting in a cage because those bastards are bastards. So definitely do that. Lastly, GoGreenEnergyOnline.com, the best website we send people to that are trying to go off grid even if you live in the city you can go off grid with solar power and micro wind power if you want to learn all that and do it yourself go to gogreenenergyonline.com and get her done other than that have a wonderful day and enjoy the show everybody all right ladies and gentlemen in the co-host chair ed vallejo this morning yeah good morning good morning adam so, Ed, I, I know you have some follow-up comments uh, on the focus of our, our show yesterday being about your friend, our our friend, Stuart Rhodes, um, and and the relationship. You, you, I didn't even get to this yesterday in trying to cover all of the intricacies of this story. And, and I'm this is one of those times when I feel things exploding in intricacy and complexity complexity complex i was gonna try i was trying to say complicatedness no there's a word for that exploding in complexity when i'm just like this is a diversion from something else and even if it's not intended that way and there's no specific conspiracy to be a diversion there there are a lot of specific conspiracies around this um january 6th insurrection riot still um but i i i, I want I, I mean i i 
you have something that's relevant that might help simplify things and connect to the bigger picture here in untangling the specific case of Stuart Rhodes, which I'm still, I'm, I'm like, I'm going to go down the rabbit hole this weekend. I'm going to be uh, in bed on my laptop reading articles. Uh, no, wait, shit, we have guests and work to do. Um, there, that's what it's a distraction from, right? Uh, but the two bigger picture stories I thought you might want to bring into this today, Ed, uh, well, actually, first, maybe maybe uh, announce your comment contest when we get that rolling, instead of doing it at the end of the co-host discussion. Well, Jim is kind of, he's running behind a little bit. I don't know, can, Jim, can you put that graphic up, please? Uh, that hopefully. graphic. Uh, the picture of Adam from yesterday. Oh, man. <laughs> Joey's free, sc screen froze on this picture of you, and I mean... Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, it was better than that. It was better than that, man. I, I swear it looks like the devil that I saw on a pack of firecrackers. Or, yeah, of fire, you know. <laughs> it was just so cool. Um, I, Jim's not putting it. Anyway, uh, I was going to say caption this photo, but, you know, we're dealing with some really heavy subjects and some heavy issues. Today's contest, if nothing else, to lighten things up is, hey, you people out there, give me a contest I can put on the screen that when Adam reads it, he's going to laugh. Make Adam laugh. Give the Get the biggest laugh out of Adam today, out of your comment, and you're in the Producers Club. Right? Oh, we'll take some COVID vitamins and make this easy for everybody then. Ooh. <laughs> you know what? Nine pound hammer. Oh no! Nine pound hammer's been to the end. <laughs> all right, all right. So now that we're ready, Ed, the two big stories. I, I, you know, I want you to say whatever. All the things that you you mentioned yesterday, that you want to get off your chest on the air, that are really important and might offer this insight to Stuart Rhodes and connecting with the big picture. Here are the two big picture stories in the news today. Washington Post. Excuse <coughs> me. Yeah. New York grand jury said to return criminal indictments against Trump's company and its CFO, the first from prosecutors probing the former president's business dealings. Yeah, I saw that one. Uh, indictments will remain sealed until Thursday afternoon, leaving the specific charges against them unclear. Uh, related to, uh, but but uh, earlier Wednesday, people familiar with the case. That's a great way of saying that, like, you know, we we don't really have a credible source for this one. It's sort of like the Fox News. People are saying, <laughs> according they did to people, two lines in a row. There was two lines <laughs> in a row where they used the same phrase. Yeah, yeah. Uh, people familiar with the case said the charges were related to allegations of unpaid taxes on benefits for Trump or executives. And I don't I don't disbelieve that is fundamentally true. It's just funny how they phrase the the unsighted source here. Um, and, you know, un, unpaid taxes on, you know, like there's, you get, that's how they got Al fucking Capone. Yeah, exactly. Like really, real, like, like that. And, and, and it's, it seems so politically motivated. And, and I mean, one th one fair criticism of Trump or, or sort of weakness of Trump is that his enemies didn't like or respect him at all. 
a unique that that was correct me if I'm wrong, but that would like unique in human modern American political history. Excuse me, <laughs> human history. Little little Amerocentric grandiosity. Never heard it at uh, eight in the morning. But the charges against him seem motivated by this this desire by people who were really just didn't like him politically. Really dumb partisan just happened to be on the other side of the aisle because. Trump was a communist. Uh, I mean, even a fascist as president for maintaining all the existing or or growing all the communist policies of the United States federal government. I think anybody, even even people who want to argue for him as a lesser evil, can't argue with that. But now that this there's this distinct hatred coming out, combined like oh wait, we have one other um, let's see, a couple other headlines. Uh, DNYUZ.com top Trump executive Alan Weisselberg surrenders to face charges and then the other one i'm sorry this isn't in order skipping ahead but it, it's the uh the u.s house voted as a c uh, nbcnews.com house votes to establish committee to investigate january 6th capital riot and you go all right all right all right two republicans cheney and kinsey are joined the democrats in approving the new panel uh, of course um but yeah, this is this is still a thing, and this brings it back to Ed and the FBI and Stuart Rhodes as unindicted co-conspirator number one potentially, and uh, Ed getting his cell phone stolen for or borrowed, bar- involuntarily borrowed. Is that can we, can we reduce the charges on the FBI now to, to just that they involuntarily borrowed your cell phone for? Uh, well, it, was, it was just like a week and a half. It actually was pretty quick. They seem to have done the same thing to Stuart. So, Ed, can you connect some dots for us? You know, I, have, I still haven't turned it on. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know if it's going to blow up or what it's going to do when you turn it on. But, oh, let's see. I don't know where to start on all of this. Maybe um, I, should, I should tell a little bit of my personal story. I mean... I'm. I was a, a, a registered member of the Oath Keepers organization years ago, years ago when I lived in Phoenix, and I went diligently to the meetings and I dealt with the people. And it was uh, Gerald Rhodes at the time was was uh, the president. He's a really good guy. I love I love the man, and uh, we were doing the right things for the right reasons. We were just reaching out, trying to make the organization, you know make the organization bigger and bring people in to help with making the organization bigger. That's the way most organizations work. Yeah. Well, right. if, if I point out one thing that I really love about the concept of Oath Keepers, or at least loved at the time when it was coming up was that, you know, it was a way to get veterans and cops to have more integrity in their jobs and say, keep your oath. Right. And it's kind of like the, uh, the thick red line project that's encouraging law enforcement to only enforce crime, real crimes, crimes with victims and, and, and actually deliberately say we are not going to enforce victimless crimes. We're going to stand with the people on that side of this thick red ethical line. Um, but then I have I have I, do, I also have like a you know fundamental problem with wait, isn't saying you should keep your oath to this constitution that's the product of an illegal coup and establishes the authority for a current government. Isn't that, uh, but there were a lot of really well-intentioned people at, at the, in the early years of Oath Keepers definitely doing really great work, pulling people uh, in the in military and law enforcement out of the matrix. Okay. Well, you got to remember that the time that I'm talking about 
is a time when our country, the United States of America, was going through a transition period of trusting the authority and the traditional ways and what we have now of not trusting the authority and there are no traditions that are worthy of keeping okay there's a transition period and personally i was also going through my own transition period because i had quit drinking had was you know sober long enough to where my head had cleared of the fog my body was okay i took care of my family i got married Okay, married a woman with four kids and started raising them. So here I am. I'm trying to make my life better. I'm trying to make my community better, right, before I try and make my government better. I was still back in trying to make my community better. Being a member of Oath Keepers gave me a title. That title allowed me to go to people in authority and say, hi, I'm so-and-so title. Listen to me. Yeah. When you have a title behind yeah. your name, they'll listen to you. If you don't have a title, you're just a schmuck. They might listen to you, but it'll basically go in one out the other and they're, while they're on their phone over here. Yeah, so I no, had it's, a, it's really, yeah, I, I totally agree. It's a really dumb thing about lobbying. If you go in and say, hi, I'm a concerned citizen, they go, okay, we'll put your comments on the pile. You say, hi, I'm vice chair of the Libertarian Party of Maricopa County, and I'd like to talk. Oh, you're organized. There might be other people with you. Exactly. Mm. You might be influential. Ooh, you have a you have a press pass. It's silly, but yeah, use it to your advantage. Absolutely, and Oath Keepers is a righteous way to do that. Okay, what I did personally see in the Maricopa County Phoenix, which was basically at that time the Arizona chapter. There wasn't other chapters. Jim Arroyo wasn't in power in the North yet. You know, that's a Game of Thrones thing that we should do a whole new show on, but. That's another thing. Anyway, I'm trying to I'm trying to make things better, and and in trying to make things better, I have to interact with my community and the people that interfere with the freedom of the people the most is police. So, in wanting to interact with the police as an oath keeper, we did what's called coffee with cops. You know, we had once a month we'd sit down with the people in the district and the cops in the district. They'd all show up, and we'd sit down in the morning and have coffee and donuts, and we'd talk. I got to meet the, the chief of police and I met the new chief of police when he left and she was okay. And I was able to interact with the upper echelons of the police force. And I was able to talk to a lot of police officers. And at that time, my big thing was trying to get police officers to switch their ammunition to frangible ammunition. Now, what I mean is a bullet that will only go so overshot. far. And then after that, it, it, if it hits something, it, it doesn't do anything. Okay. Yeah. Much, very protective. At that time, the Jose Garania, God rest his soul, thing was going down in Tucson where the, the veteran, you know, he bangs on the door and everything, grabs his AR, he's crouched in the hallway and SWAT burst through his door and they saw his AR and somebody in the back was trigger happy and shot the fucking doorway, splattered shit all over the place. They started shooting. They killed this guy. Okay. We're tr I'm trying to, not only did they kill this guy, but they shot so many rounds here that they spent two hours going all the way down the block behind the guy's house because the bullets went through the, the block wall, the house behind two houses down house is 1500 yards down their yeah, bullets went everywhere they had to go make sure they didn't kill people and i was on a crusade i want you guys to use frangible ammunition so you don't kill people okay i had a lot of problem with that anyway 
So I was with the Oath Keepers, and I was trying to Did build. Did that ever happen? Did they uh, ever change to more frangible ammunition? Did what? They did they ever change policy for on ammunition? Oh no, no. Every last every last police officer, you're not getting my bullets. You can't have my bullets. You can't. You're not having my bullets. They all said the same thing. I said, I don't want your bullets. I just want your bullets to not kill somebody downrange if you miss. Anyway. So go on. I'm trying to build Oath Keepers itself. Well, in working with the community, working with all these, and working with the Oath Keepers is two different things because most of the people that were going into Oath Keepers weren't really active. They didn't want to do anything. They just wanted to go and sit with a bunch of other veterans like the VFW and, you know, drink beer, drink coffee, whatever, and have a good time. No, 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 no. I was using the organization for what it was for, but I was beating my head up against the wall when coffee with the cops they discontinued it for some reason in Phoenix. I went by the wayside, you know. By that time, I was more involved in politics and got in, was in doing the Ron Paul thing, trying to get a decent man elected for president. I spent eight years of my life trying to get a good man elected as president of the United States. And I learned a lot. I've got a lot of footage, and, and that's another movie. I mean, I've got so much stuff when I'm older and can't do physically with my hands. I'm gonna no, it's, it's, it's several Lost documentaries it. already, actually. Yes, sir. I'm, I'm telling you, I got I got stuff on the media. I got stuff on everybody. But you're you're in a couple documentaries about this already, aren't you? Yeah, you may remember me for such, from such movies as uh, For Liberty. You know, now the Ron Paul Revolution, Movement, the Withering Tree, the Wither Tree of Liberty. Yes, yeah. sir. Yes, sir. I'm in that. I follow Mary Ruert several times in that, and I was so proud. I love that woman. Oh gosh, you know. Uh, off off topic. Off topic. Back to. Let's get to the meat of the the crap here. I was in Washington D.C. Yes, yes, Mr. FBI officers that are watching this currently to see what they can get as intel. I was in Washington D.C. and you know that because you guys took my phone and looked at my pictures. I left the picture of me. Standing there in the street in Washington, D.C. with millions of people behind me streaming from one end to the other. I put that, left that picture in there so you could see, I, yeah, I was there. Damn right I was there. I went there on purpose. I went there with the purpose of setting up a field kitchen and feeding at least 20 men for 30 days. That was my mission going to Washington, D.C. I wasn't going there to protest anything. I wasn't going to be at the Capitol. I wasn't part of any of that stuff. I was there to set up a kitchen to feed people that were doing security details for the Oath Keepers. That was what I did. Well, that's what I intended to do. See, a lot of people went to Washington, D.C. because their president, which they believed in, said, I want you to come to Washington, D.C., and it's going to be wild. They had something planned. I remember that wild. He used the word wild. I was like, yeah, we have a word. They had something planned, okay? Trump had something planned, and the other side had something planned. I don't know if their plans were in cahoots or not, but I'll tell you, it sure looks like it, okay? From my vantage view, and I was there and back, it sure looks like it. Now, whether Stuart Rhodes was involved in any of the shenanigans that went on, I have no proof of that whatsoever, and I can't believe it. I know the man personally. I've known him for a long time. I've known him since Bundy Ranch and before, and I've interacted with him many times. And I trust him. I trusted him then, and I trust him now. 
okay? Even with the aspersions that the officer that gave me my phone back cast upon him in our slight chat after I said I wasn't going to answer any questions without my attorney present. So how did Stewart come up in that exchange? Uh, he, he was, he, they talked, he talked about Oath Keepers, you know, and their role there and my role with the Oath Keepers. Now, in the signal application that Oath Keepers was using for the day, there were a couple of threads that I was a part of. One of them was operations. Another one was QRF. Now, you're a military man. You know what QRF means. Quick reaction force. Quick reaction force. I was a part of quick reaction force, but I wasn't a part of a quick reaction force that was going to take up arms and go in and and commit insurrection. I was part of a quick reaction force that if someone needed extraction, I could bring vehicles in, trucks and whatnot, and get people and bring them out. That was my quick reaction you know, to what was going on. I had my field kitchen set aside because we were supposed to get a campground in Virginia. We didn't, some, something happened to where we didn't go to the campgrounds. We ended up in Virginia in a hotel. So I'm in Virginia in a hotel. I got my entire field kitchen with me. And yes, I had firearms and ammunition. I told, you know, the officer knows that I had firearms and ammunition. They know we had guns and ammo at the hotel. And I said, yeah, well, I went there to set up a field kitchen in the field in Virginia. You're in the field in Virginia. You need guns and ammunition. The officer, <laughs> when I said that, the, officers, the agent said, well, you need guns all the time. I said, well, yeah, that's beside the point. But, you know, he was very pro, pro, pro Second Amendment, pro guns, pro everything. If he was trying to get on my good side, mission accomplished, sir. Mission accomplished. <laughs> Good job, agent. You're on my side. I'm on your side. I feel confident with you. You feel confident with me. Hey, you know where I am. You guys are probably around the corner watching me right now if you're not watching me from somewhere above. Okay? You know exactly where my, my phone's right here. You guys are pinging it on. You know how to get a hold of me. Get a hold of me on the side and let's go have coffee and talk as humans. I told you when I talked to you in the street, I said, if you and I were to sit down, not as agent and, and, and investigate T or whatever, if we were to sit down in humans and talk, I'm sure we'd come up with somewhat the same story. You know, a bunch of these guys from the left masqueraded as a bunch of guys from the right and made trouble and it looked just like the Reichstag fire of America. You know, it was it's Germany all over again. It was exactly how That's, Hitler. Oh, came I, want, I want to pause you on that. Ed. That's a very like I, I'm not against jumping to Hitlerian comparisons, uh, but most people forget about the story of Nazi Germany that the burning of the Reichstag was a major point in escalating state power because it was a false flag against government itself that allowed government to become much more powerful or gave it gave the momentum to government. It, it removed a lot of the psychological resistance from people saying, no, you shouldn't be powerful. And they can say, well, we're under attack, you know? And so that's, that's kind of, that, that it's definitely to a lesser degree. I wouldn't make the Hitlerian comparison on the effects or where this is going, but you know, we can, and, and anybody who disagrees with anybody making a Hitlerian point will say, Oh, Godwin's law. You suck. This isn't Hitler. You're silly. And it's like, no, we're just pointing out that this one dynamic is a really interesting parallel. Why are you trying to deny that? Exactly. I'll give, I'll give you that. So, 
I don't know where to go from here, Adam. I, my part in all of this is innocent. I, I, I've talked to a couple of people saying, you know what? I want to know more about Stewart. If they got dirt on Stewart and he's dirty, I'll poke him in the eye myself. You know, <laughs> I, I, I'd, want, I'd want to bring his ass down and get him out of there. But if he's not, I want him to, you know, I want everybody to say, okay, we were wrong. He's a stand-up guy. You know? Oh, I got to reread the uh, Revolver article over the weekend for sure and really do all my corollary research to make sure I've got a grasp on this thing because I I have never had a good experience with Stewart. Even when we were getting along before he uh, came out against the armed march in Washington, you know, he was, he was always just – I mean, there was something about him, always awkward or squirrely or self-aggrandizing and, and, and none of those things, you know, condemning by themselves. But there have been enough things where it's like, you know what, to me, he fits the character of someone who and, and the background and, and the academic history where you go, yeah, this guy could be uh, it just an undercover fed the whole time. You know, it, it, and, and I know you're open to that possibility, despite your, the weight of your personal experience against that. And I really admire that you that you have that kind of open mindedness in this case, because it is is a very tough call and it's a very important issue. If I tried to war game it and said, OK, Stuart was there to make trouble. OK. Why didn't we make trouble? What stopped us? Um, Well, the allegation is that he was uh, a coordinator of people that weren't you who were other, maybe other undercovers. Like they use you as a, they use people like you who are honest and well-intentioned. I wasn't used. A, no, as I a cover. Used. I wasn't as a cover. Huh? No, no, but that's the point. That, that's the point is that you were used as a cover by not being used, by just being a, a well-intentioned per person honestly attracted to the publicly stated objectives of Oath Keepers. And it doesn't even have to be that you were used personally. And so there could be infiltrators in the organization. The whole organization was picked up and used for nefarious purposes to promote this narrative. And you have to accept that if this is if this is the equivalent of Reichstag America. All right. There's only one. It's okay. not people like you who made the false flag happen. It's it's infiltrators and manipulators, okay. and they used you in that bigger scheme. There's there's one way that I can fit all of this together with everybody else's narrative looking at it from the outside of my house. I'm on the inside of my house looking out. Everybody's on the outside looking in. I've talked to a lot of people. Only scenario I can come up with is a Trump versus Biden scenario where those that are loyal to Trump had Stewart cover them for the team that went inside and stole Nancy Pelosi's laptop. <laughs> okay. No, no, now that's that, funny. It, it could be it could be that. relatively petty, but real and then blown up. That's another that's another if, likely if, reasonable possibility. If Donald wanted her laptop that bad or wanted information out of that building that bad, this is a scenario that would have generated everybody to do what they normally do, which is get in the elevator and go downstairs where you can't touch them, and everything's open. And teams went in that we saw teams that were not Antifa BLM and that were not Oath Keepers that were, these were pros. They were 
Operators in black the and weren't there clothes. as random individuals coming together yeah. for a protest. They were yeah. they were there as operators. They had a plan. They yeah, after everything was in motion, they jumped in. They went in the building. They did what they needed to do. They got the information they need. They got everything. They got the fuck out. I bet you, if that's if that's the case in all of this stuff, and 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 that's the way it happened, then that was the only way I can see it coming through. You know, well, there's there's two other uh, two other links in our stack today. One is uh, New York Times, NYTimes.com, inside the Capitol riot, an exclusive video investigation. Ooh. The Times analyzed thousands of videos from the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol building to understand how it happened and why. Here are some of the key findings, and they have a 40 minute, 32 second video, uh, day of rage, an in depth look at how a mob stormed the Capitol. So it's interesting that. I, I don't really trust the New York Times to present an accurate overall narrative without their biases, but I'm going to watch this over the weekend um, and you know look at some of the original footage. But what's, what, what I find interesting already is how much they've backed off of their uh, – this was a coup attempt, and now they're saying it's a mob stormed the Capitol – and, you know, it's not an insurrection. It's just a, a mob out of control. Like, they kind of backed off of that larger narrative, which does suggest, Ed, that there is some sort of not quite as big motivation, not quite as simple. Like, Trump wanted to steal Pelosi's laptop out of the... I know that seems really unlikely and out there, but something in that realm of, like, it's not a grandiose scheme. It's not, you know... It, 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 it's not just individual fights, but there's it, it, it's something in the middle. But there is a bigger thing, and 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 I, I want to bring it back again to, to to the larger what is happening with Trump. What are they doing with Trump? But uh, one more story I want to point out that's related to this SpectatorWorld.com. Who killed Ashley Babbitt? A new theory emerges, and this is the woman who was part of the mob um, who was shot. Uh, by police while uh, during during the January 6th riot at the U.S. Capitol building. The American people were told that it was a Capitol Police officer who fired the fatal shot, but Cockburn has stumbled across some information that points to a different explanation. And what he is suggesting here, uh, Cockburn is the author of the story, uh, is that it was... Uh, it, it was actually possibly someone from Pence's security team which again suggests that that there are other, you know, and this is it's big and complex, and again, it it feels like I, I mean I, I don't care like it's exploding in complexity in a way that I don't care to chase, you know, yeah. I don't want to jump down every rabbit hole here, uh, but can you connect this to the bigger picture? Why this is happening? Um, is, is is it is it just to feed into the let's kick Trump all these down? Kick the, the 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 anything that's in even fake opposition, conservative, make government smaller side of things. Let's just kick all and and then and then grow government as much as we can under Biden. Well, we have to remember that no matter what we see and what we hear, that there are there are multiple factions that are all vying for control over the same group of people. Sure. Okay. That's the main focus to start with is control of the, the mass of people. Uh, they're fighting back and forth for that control. And we don't know where the different factor. I mean, we know where one factor faction is. That's the one that's in power and backed up by the media, whether they're there 
under proper authority or proper election or not, that's beside the point, okay? They are the de facto authority that is ruling over the country at this time, okay? There are a lot of people like me that, that have zero confidence in the de facto administration currently wielding the pen and giving millions of dollars to Hamilton, the Broadway play. Okay? <laughs> Excuse the bleep, 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 bleep out of me. Okay? Uh, and I have to apologize to the people on the in the, the comments. I haven't been able to put comments up because you yeah, guys right. forced, we'll get to that. <laughs> you forced everybody out. I haven't logged back in on the producer end. <laughs> I just click on the link and I'm here. I've been hitting these comments over in the side and they won't come on. It's like, oh, that's right. They forced everybody out. Oh, <laughs> uh, Adam, I don't want to be taken away and interrogated. So that's a part of the reason why I'm jumping out here with a lot of this portion of my story and why I was there and what I was doing and who I interacted with and how I interacted with them. You know, yeah, this is why we're so open about things here in Gardenia. Like we we have pictures of the whole place. We understand. We we don't. We want the public to know what the government knows when they spy on us. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I'm. It's the old. <laughs> if you if you lie and you lie and you lie, you got to keep up with the lies, and they just compound each other. And before you know it, you can't keep up with them. You get caught on them. If you tell the truth all the time, you don't get caught in anything but the truth. And that's that's where I like to stand. You know, I did have a good friend of mine uh, years ago that they, they picked him up and said, OK, you, you have to file for taxes. You didn't file for taxes. We're going to he remained silent. They had him for two years and they had to let him go and let him walk. And because he remained silent, and they couldn't pin anything on him because there's no no law that says you have to file income tax. Volunteer and compliance. So, yeah, you can beat the charge, but you can't beat the ride. <laughs> We're on a long, rough ride right now. Uh, Neuromeat Bio B10 hymns. Truth can catch you too. <laughs> I'm going to go through the comments and see what's that's funny. That's exactly <laughs> what I thought. That's exactly what I Yeah, no, the truth is no defense against someone who doesn't give a fuck about the truth or doing the right thing, right? That's why right. uh, being quiet is best. Uh, uh, so I've also determined what with my phone that I, they gave me back is I, yeah. I have a friend of mine that has a junkyard up in uh, Winslow. I'm going to have him pick up a, a junk car in the air. I'm going to put the phone on the ground underneath it. I'm going to videotape a car <laughs> smashing my phone. So stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen, that video uh, is if, if not, we have sledgehammers here. All right. Ed, you want to remind everybody of the comment contest today? Yes, the comment contest. Make Adam laugh, okay? Let's get a, a, I don't care, I don't know if it's snarky or what it is, but make Adam laugh, okay? All right. Aww. But not during the interview. We got some serious shit. We got two great guests coming up to talk about Johnny Hurley, friends of his, who are active with We Are Change Colorado, giving us an update on that. And you know what? I've, I've been in these two chats uh, about, you know, about this, that We Are Change, uh, Rob, with We Are Change Colorado put together. And the, the, the whole narrative, there was an active shooter about to go on a rampage with an AR who had just killed a cop with a shotgun, and our friend Johnny intervenes with his concealed carry weapon, takes out the active shooter, and then picks up his AR and somehow visually makes himself a threat to police 
so that they have that as an excuse to shoot him. You go, no, fucking no. I, I, what are the police? I I hope that the police are just covering up incompetence, but I fear that they're covering up, and, and that in and of itself is criminal. To be incompetent, to have killed someone by incompetence, may not you judge that separately, but to then deliberately cover it up and to to, to avoid responsibility for, we'll get to this. Trust me, we're going to get to this. In just 20 minutes, our, our guests, uh, is it Brent and Corey? We had some different we had some different people coming in, yes. Uh, Brent and Corey will be joining us in, uh, in, in just about 20 minutes. We'll see how many headlines we can get through until then. Check in with, uh, all right. Yahoo Entertainment, carrying the story from Reuters. Cosby release infuriates survivors. Lawyers hail win for Constitution. And yeah, this is absolutely crazy. But you know, it, it just, and there's a, another contrasting story where you go, the memes fucking write themselves. Britney Spears, judge denies request to remove father from conservatorship. Uh, and you go, oh, we, yeah, everybody wants Britney freed. And the universe goes, yeah, the best we can do is Bill Cosby, right? The, the Obvious meme with the Pawn Stars guys. Yeah, sorry. The best we can do is free Bill Cosby. Uh, but yeah, so the, the, about about Britney Spears, the decision comes after a week after Spears delivered dramatic testimony calling the conservatorship abusive, but addresses a petition from November. So uh, I mean, this is this is the, the legal stuff. You know, there's a lot of wrangling, a lot of complexity, a lot of back and forth. And the basic story is that. Um, she has been denied her rights and forced to work her entire life and and because she was crazy and it's really fucked up what's been done to her and it's with the help of the state this isn't her dad doing this to her this is government empower this is this is her dad using government to do this to her and there's no concept of justice like just going back like this is this is so important to to understand that we live in a society with a punishment-based paradigm, not a justice-based paradigm, or at least the government legal system is based in punishment, not justice. It's not on making victims whole, and it's not on protecting society. It's about government controlling society by punishing behavior that it doesn't like. And therefore, stories like this with Britney Spears with the conservatorship are possible. The whole drug war is possible because you don't own yourself and it's a victimless crime, but we're going to punish you anyway. Like, no. So you look at Bill Cosby. He's being freed from prison because Pennsylvania's highest court overturned a sexual assault conviction because of a technicality of a prior plea deal with another prosecutor. Not anything to do with the case or him being guilty or innocent. And you go, that's fucking crazy. Just by saying that, you're not acknowledging the fundamental problem with this paradigm. Because honestly, I don't want Bill Cosby to rot in a jail for the rest of his life, no matter how guilty he is on the charges he's accused of. You know what should happen? He should be stripped of every last penny he owns to go to those who can show that they were his victims. I like that. Instead, what is he, he gets to keep his money be miserable and pass his money on to, to, to whoever he wants. 
That's not justice. Now, you might say, Adam, well, he gets to be free if he's still a threat. He's not a fucking threat anymore. You think that guy's I, fucking anybody at his age? On, no. Right? Like, no. Then, and all these allegations are actually pretty old. Uh, no one's no, and, and I'm not saying that to defend the allegations or to, or, or. You say that he's not an immediate promote them either way. Threat, he's like, not an immediate threat. <laughs> like, 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 put an ankle. Like, he's, maybe, he's maybe, sick. yeah, maybe, maybe an appropriate thing would be. I, well, I think the way he's been put on blast is like enough for society to be protected from Bill Cosby, the rapist. Okay. Like, yeah, we're good. Um, you might say, Adam, that's not fair. He needs to be in a debtor's prison for the rest of his life for the heinousness of his crimes. He, it's not enough for him to give up every penny he owns to be, um, to, to, to make the victims whole. Like there's not, it's, you can't make victims whole in this. It's, it's everything reasonable that, that the, that, that the victimizer can do to, to support the victims, right. Would be the thing. Classical music. If she were an ugly, poor man like myself, she would be free. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Brittany. <laughs> uh, but no, with, with the Bill Cosby thing, like it, 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 it begs these deeper questions. And, and if nothing else, it highlights a massive flaw in this system where you go, oh, free Britney? No, free Cosby. Okay. Yeah. No, and, and I'm, yeah. I, I hope that doesn't sound like I'm not being sympathetic or empathetic to, to Cosby, the, the victimizer here. Um, but I will point out that who's the bigger victimizer? The state. Because when the state said, Bill Cosby, you're going to jail for three years, they didn't say, it's to help your victims. It's to make your, it's, or it's to protect people from you. So Bill Cosby was victimized again. And the problem with that is that if you victimize a victimizer, you prevent the possibility of justice. Bill Cosby is impoverished by these charges, the system, the way it was handled, the inefficiency of it, him going to jail, not to a debtor's prison. Right. Actually, it was a federal prison, but should have been a debtor's prison, if anything. Which means that the victims are further victimized by the state. And that's what's really fucked up in this. If you were raped by Bill Cosby, yeah, you should be pretty pissed off to see him go free regardless. But you should be just as pissed off, if not more so, that you live under a government that denies you the possibility of real justice because it forces this paradigm of punishment on us instead. So for those of us who are grateful that this is coming to an end, a decline in police brutality in the United States, uh, the, the, the brutality of the police state, a uh, decline in the injustice because these kinds of incongruities can't be contained or hidden any longer. We might also be encouraged to hear this from The Sun. Vlad's rage. Putin taunts U.S. saying their world dominance is over and threatens to strike back if any boundaries are crossed. Putin has taunted the U.S. saying their world dominance is over and threatened to strike back. The Russian president issued the stark warning during a televised Q&A on Wednesday during which he also boasted that even if Russia had sunk HMS Defender, it would not have caused World War III. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. And, and I... Remember, the, the economy that Putin represents with Russia compared to the economy that Biden represents with the United States, one-thirtieth the size. And I wonder, how much is Putin an independent player here? 
It's always been my existential question about Putin. Because it'd be just as likely that the main powers that be behind the United States have gotten Putin as a puppet because he, he's, he's so uh, insignificant on a larger economic scale. But if you can control the Russian military and the megaphone of being the prime minister of Russia, maybe you're an independent power center. AP News, uh, speaking of headlines that those of us who care about freedom can celebrate, former Defense Secretary Donald Rumsfeld dies at 88. And I'm tempted to say, forget him. It's great. Good riddance. Let's share the memes of him in bed with Satan, with Saddam Hussein and John McCain. Donald Rumsfeld, the two-time defense secretary and one-time presidential candidate whose reputation as a skilled bureaucrat and visionary of a modern U.S. military was unraveled by the long and costly Iraq war, died Tuesday. He was 88. He was a fucking war criminal. So no, Mr. Rumsfeld, you will not be forgotten. The Sun, with this next headline, Web Warnings. Google will warn you about fake news websites before you click on them. Oh, really? Do they? Really? really, really. Is that a fact? Google, we try. We're gonna trust. Like I, I. Uh, okay. It's weird to sort of trust Google as a search engine, and not uh, a company, because I, I don't think you can really trust Google with the censorship on you. And, and YouTube, remember, owned by Google. Uh, censors this show on a regular basis, um, but I I do want to share. Uh, there is there is some good news related to this that we're going to yeah. be getting to tomorrow. Um, I mean we we have the flying car completes first test flight between airports. That's not what I'm getting at. Um, let's the new, see uh, the new the new search engine thing. Yeah, what yeah. is it? Google former Google employees. We get to pay for it by the minute. And, and by the minute? Is that what it is? Hour. I don't know. We'll get to this. We gotta get um, but yeah, now Google is uh, setting itself up to be the next arbiter of truth. Don't think for yourselves. That's we'll it. do it for you. Wall Street Journal, Amazon demands one more thing from some vendors, a piece of their company. Certain suppliers are asked to give Amazon the right to buy shares at potentially lower than market rates as part of their contract. And you go like, well, what's wrong with this? It's voluntary. It sounds awesome, right? Like it's they're just leveraging market forces. And you go, <clears throat> no, this is leveraging government-sponsored monopoly privileges that Amazon has gained through. And I don't want to pretend that Amazon is some legacy, family, heritage, whatever that company that or or dismiss the uh, Jeff Bezos story, uh, but it is a product of American corporatism and conglomeration type policies or supporting policies based on the uh, just the, everything that comes out of the federal government and the Federal Reserve System that uh, supports a momentum of money rather than ability to actually provide goods and services that people want to consume in response to market forces. And so you end up with distortions, and that's where it becomes problematic, where humanity is not living up to its capabilities. We're not living up to our capacity because we're supporting these massive inefficiencies. And this does seem like a kind of economic escalation, uh, uh, exponential taking off 
of, of that concentration of power. And it's it's funny because I see this in some other other dynamics with inflation, with, with the, the stock market today. But at the same time, it's hard to deny the massive humanity going to the other side of this, the massive resources going to the gray and black markets. Uh, it, it, it really is a beautiful thing to behold. But at the same time, I'm concerned that potentially we might get sucked into this acceleratingly uh, concentrated spike of wealth and power in the world that would never exist under a free market. It is only possible with the force of government creating these inefficiencies and distortions. Clairvoyant Amnesiac on YouTube comments. Oh, crap. I have a cookie in my backpack from last week. <laughs> okay. Okay. Random out of context. Hey, you you got to You got to chuckle. The I sun. Get a cookie in your backpack. That must have been a response to something. Okay. The sun, wheelie big. Apple secretly secretly creating iPad the size of a car wheel that will be biggest what? ever. Why? It's about time. Let's kill the TV. Like, oh, it's a TV. Yeah, that's a. It's just TV. a big handheld TV. Handheld? It's a big handheld TV with a touchscreen. <laughs> It's not a reading device. It's not hold it up to your face. It's prop it up somewhere, put a little stand on it because you don't need the laptop base. But yeah, it's a it's they're saying like size of a laptop screen or bigger now is a tablet. Um, I don't think that's I mean that's existed before, I feel like but it that it's that it's coming like iPad could measure up to sixteen inches across to give it a screen as big as one of Apple's MacBook laptops. So. We'll see those technological lines blurring. Bloomberg at MSN.com. Don't sue me like that. That's a good... <laughs> <That's> a good... <laughs> there. <laughs> Don't sue me like that. Anatomy of a copyright troll. Just as there are patent trolls who acquire intellectual property on the cheap and then attempt to extract payments from large companies, there are those who take advantage of laws designed to protect the works of artists and authors. Their targets typically are small publishers who might not appreciate their own vulnerability until they're hit with a complaint. Take Jim Kaplan, the publisher of Record Collector News. In 2020, Kaplan was sued by Indianapolis-based rock photographer Larry Philpott, over a picture of Tom Petty that appeared on the publication's website. The image wasn't credited. Kaplan offered to write the lapse, but Phil Potts' lawyers were only interested in money. Kaplan settled the suit. He can't talk about the terms because of a confidentiality agreement, but it hurt badly enough that he moved to shut down the paper's website, switching to print only. There's a kind of beauty to the beating I took. Bill Pott, who declined to comment, is little known among photojournalists, although though he's notorious among free speech advocates and lawyers who accuse him and others like him of pulling off what is essentially a racket. <laughs> it's totally legal, says Chip Stewart, a lawyer professor at Texas Christian University. It's just evil. <laughs> oh, legal and evil. What? Oh, the U.S. Constitution and the American federal government. Yes, legal and evil, although in, in many ways legal as well how it works i mean this is a really interesting quirk of intellectual property take a photo of a recognizable celebrity step one step two put it where people will find it phil pot posts concert photos of musical artists petty willie nelson kenny chesney to wikimedia commons a site that describes itself as a place for really usable media files Three, devise some fine print. Wikimedia photos are distributed under Creative Commons licenses, which allow them to be used by bloggers and cash-strapped publishers at no cost, but artists can set their own terms for attribution, and fill pots are complex. He also uses an old version of the license that doesn't give the publishers a chance to make things right. 
by correcting mistakes. Now, step four, sue. If the ar- if the attribution is missing or incorrect, Philpot fires off a lawsuit describing brazen theft of his work, and then often asks for one hundred fifty thousand dollars per image, the maximum penalty allowed by law. Number five, step five, offer to settle. These suits are intimidating, but they're not meant to go to court. Philpot asks for and receives default judgments when targets don't respond when they do. He'll offer to accept a much lower payment, sometimes a few thousand dollars, sometimes as much as forty thousand. I'll cut you a deal. I'll cut you a deal. Yeah. Step six. If things get complicated, just sue somebody else. Copyright uh, trolling is a volume game. So if the other side, other side's lawyers fight back, you can always just drop the case and move on. Philpot and his, oh, uh, yeah. Uh, Philpot has initiated at least 153 lawsuits since 2014. Most were settled. He filed 54 in 2020 alone, some signing more than one photo. And with the following artists as subjects. This now, guy sucks, I think. Well, this could be used I mean, for good. No, there's there's an interesting caveat to this because I want to say, like, if 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 he's not going after after anybody who's small time, right? Um, and I don't know. We we'd have to judge the the legitimacy Jeremy of the Lewis? business Is as the whole as the publisher of record collector news. No. I don't know, but it's a photograph. Um, Christopher Carlos Santana's still alive. He's dead. Carlos Santana's dead? Isn't he? When did that happen? Did I miss that? It must be because I'm not reading Record Collector News <laughs> uh, by Jim Kaplan, uh, publisher. It went print only. And, I, and, I, and I'm thinking like, well, if you're if you're the Washington Post and you're just grabbing photos off Wikimedia Commons and you're making a shit ton of money and endorsing a system like this, and you're hypocritical, and I can say, I took that photo. <laughs> Washington Post, give me some of that illegitimately gained income. Uh, you could use this righteously, but um, that's that's not really what we're talking about, is it? All right. That's not what I see here. Because this guy didn't take the photos. He's just... Well, he's he did. He, he is the photographer. The right yeah. people approve it. He's going to concerts and taking pictures and sort of baiting... These bigger publishers that can afford it. And he's putting on public. See, yeah, it's the baiting part. There's a deceptive, but but it's if you're baiting someone who's a lot. Like if he was taking this money and I don't know, using it to I I don't know. Maybe it could be righteous. Like if you're going after if you get if you're going after corrupt media, that's that's the question. Is is the media that you're going after fundamentally corrupt and endorsing? The system of intellectual property because the Washington Post does, the New York Times does. Totally. So fuck them. You, yeah. use, you could use this for good. All right. To San Francisco, CBS, KPIX 5, car break in skyrocket as thieves target unsuspecting tourists in San Francisco. In Chicago, it's murders and shootings that the mayor seems to be in denial of. Ed Vallejo comments Santana is 73 and still alive. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I'm happy then. <laughs> Why did I think Santana was dead? Because he's 73. So good for him for being a surviving COVID. Surviving COVID. So the, the Delta variant might still get him. Did I say that? Uh oh. We better we better smoke some COVID vitamins and uh, and tell people that this show is nothing but parody. It should never be censored because this we call bite we call we call cannabis COVID vitamins. Obviously, I'm just kidding, guys. God. He's so sensitive. 
All right. Fun, but sort of tragic story next. NBCnews.com. Joey, you shared this one. 17 injured in blast after L.A. police seized fireworks. Three civilians had moderate injuries and the rest of those hurt, which included nine LAPD officers had minor injuries, the fire department said. So 17 injured, uh, nine LAPD, three civilians. That adds up to 12. So what, five from the fire department? But, you know, and and for the civilians injured, complete victim tragedy. Sorry. But to the rest, fuck you. For the government agents involved in this, fuck you. You're thieves. The headline should be thieves attempting to play with fireworks, have accident, hurt selves. And you'd be like, shot in Florida. Yeah, screw you guys. 17 people, including police, were hurt when a large explosion rocked an L.A. neighborhood Wednesday evening as thousands of pounds of illegal fireworks were being seized. Stolen. Instead of, yeah, stolen. And, and instead of saying irresponsible police, irresponsible police fuck up neighborhood, it's the explosion rocked in L.A. neighborhood. Yes. Don't, it was just an explosion. It was just, it was just a natural phenomena I on mean, its I own. Then. I mean, yeah. It was, it was just yeah. Like, there's no way it None of the injuries were life-threatening. The blast happened 730. Uh, the bomb squad was detonating some of the explosives in a vehicle with a containment vessel designed to withstand blasts. In the middle of the neighborhood. I Just drive them back to the station. Isn't there a field somewhere for that, for Christ's sake? Yeah, I mean, there's so many levels of wrong. And it's funny because uh, fireworks, explosives, disposal, containment unit, like, that's a pretty cool piece of technology, actually. Yeah. But then you go, holy shit, is it misused and misdeployed? And it's because cops don't have to be insured for what they're doing. Any reasonable insurance company looking at this would be like, no, no, don't do it there. And yet the people who are supposed to be the check on this power, no. Uh, so healthy disrespect on YouTube comments or you burn down the backyard and get grounded. This vessel should have been able to safely dispose of that material, and you saw the resulting damage, total catastrophic failure, the containment vehicle. Um, the blast. Can you can you get the video of this on screen, Jim? Did you already do it? Let's get the video up, and then we'll go to our guests. Uh, the blast destroyed the vehicle, overturned a ne- nearby car, shattered windows and homes and businesses. Mike Freeman contest. What song was playing right before the explosion? <laughs> Smoke weed every day. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That's what the cops should have been doing. And oh, wait a second. Nine LAPD officers and a Federal Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Farms, and Explosives ah. agent. Karma's <laughs> <laughs> a bitch, huh? Oh, that's uh, yeah. No, it's, it, part of what's sad here is we don't realize uh, as often as we should, or most, I don't think most Americans are as attuned to, how much even... Local law enforcement officers or law enforcement resources go to support federal investigations, federal actions, and and they're just sort of lackeys of the top. I mean, it it sounds like, yeah, Uh, approximately 5,000 pounds of fireworks and explosives were found at a home in the historic South Central neighborhood Wednesday morning. Now, I'm not going to defend that. That would not be covered by insurance either. Like, no, but why does someone do that? Because government makes it illegal or taxes it and and drives underground businesses to do unsafe, irresponsible. Yeah, they weren't about to. This wasn't like, oh, we're planning a big party. No, 
A 27-year-old man who has been arrested is accused of bringing the explosives in from out of state to resell for the July 4th weekend. That's right, because in a lot of states, you can uh, buy fireworks legally, and they are stored in public businesses that are safe and responsible and blah, blah, blah. And, and this, no. Uh, this is, this is so again, yes, you can blame government. Uh, the pyrotechnics were commercial grade, but some were described as IEDs with simple fuses that were considered un, more unstable. Bullshit. No, the guy, guy trying to hustle, make a dollar, you know, beat the, the California prohibition bullshit on fireworks isn't also bringing in IEDs. No, no. no. Uh, this is like just bullshit demonization of, of the victim here who had his uh, inventory stolen from him. And I would say that in, in a sense, the neighborhood is a victim, not just the people in the neighborhood are also victims, not just sure. for the explosion and the disturbance, et cetera, et cetera, but also for the prohibition policies, which threatened violence against peaceful people that led to, that incentivized this man to store 5,000 pounds of explosives irresponsibly. But of course, every step along the way you go, oh, what did government do? They made it worse. Yeah. Yeah. And this is a common thing. Police in Southgate, a city in the Los Angeles region, said last week that it arrested a man with 800 pounds of illegal fireworks and found 1,200 more in a rental truck. And now I'm thinking like, hey, hey, Joey, how many pounds of Arizona explosives can we, I mean, fireworks, could we fit in a uh, in the back of my pickup and in the trailer? Oh, lots the, of can we, can we, we should go set up a, a, a street, a roadside <laughs> sale? Yeah. Many, many pounds. Many pounds. All right. <clears throat> How much can your truck haul? <sighs> and that's really, that's really the question. Ford F-150. Yeah. It would be trailer would be a lot. All right. With that, let's get our guests on screen here. We have both of them ready? I know we had uh, we had Corey earlier. Corey, thank you for waiting. All right. Brent is backstage now, too. All right. Jim did the video when I wasn't looking on that last story. All right. Let's not keep our guests waiting, then. Are they ready? Brent and Corey? Jim, are they there? Yeah. All right. All right. Yay. Gentlemen, thank you for joining us this morning. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we bring uh, Corey Blair uh, and, and Brent of the Farms Not Farms, and that's Farms Not PH Farms podcast, to discuss a very serious topic today about the death of our friend, Johnny Hurley. Both Corey and Brent are active with We Are Change Colorado. Corey Blair Father, artist, activist, We Are Change, Colorado member for 12 plus years and uh, owner and content creator of Break the Chains Media. Uh, you can find him all around the internet at Break the Chains Media. Uh, Brent with the Farms Not Farms podcast is also founder of GorillaHealer.org, built a name for himself after releasing the Green Invasion LP in 2012, featuring Snoop Dogg, DJ Green Lantern, and Ill Mind, the microphone doctor, has appeared on This Is 50, The Source, and Hip Hop DX. Uh, also established a cannabis-focused health education charity in 2014. That's GorillaHealer.org. And been featured in Newsweek for that. Um, as his channel, Burnt, B-U-R-N-T-M-D, he's gotten over 3 million views, performed and hosted music festivals, uh, and and cannabis cups. So these these are our two gentlemen with some very serious credentials in the activism sphere. Uh, and I I am honored that you both would take the time this morning uh, to get into this serious topic. So good morning, gentlemen. And anything else you need to add to those uh, 
those resumes? I'm good. Thank you for that. That was great. Um, I love your stuff. I've been I've been following you for years, Adam. So I'm loving to see what you're doing here too. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. All right. Well, guys, I mean, I, I want to jump right into this. Uh, the, 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 can we call it the murder of Johnny Hurley or at least the cover up of the killing of Johnny Hurley at this point? Uh, I, I, it's, we've been covering this pretty extensively on the show. Um, I know our viewers know that the basic narrative that there was an alleged active shooter. Uh, I, I don't think we need to say alleged. I think the video evidence makes that an irrefutable point at this point, but that there or was an active shooter in the town square in Arvada, Colorado, who killed a cop with a shotgun, went back to his truck to get an AR, and before he was able to do any more damage, was shot and killed by our friend Johnny Hurley, the good Samaritan, the good guy with the gun intervening. And this is where the narrative diverges, and the cops have gotten quiet, and they have only said that, and not even at first, that Johnny was shot by a cop, because it, it, it was kind of undeniable, even though they tried to leave that part out at first. And now they're saying that he, they're trying to excuse it where, well, he picked up the shooter's AR-15. And so our officer understandably confused him for the active shooter. And you go, that's, you know, one, that's really hard to believe. It's not the craziest thing in the world that's ever happened. It's not the craziest thing y'all have seen. But you go, if that's what happened, then that exonerates you. Release the fucking footage already. What the hell is going on here? And as I understand, the target now of our, our efforts for transparency is not the Arvada Police Department, but Attorney General for the county or county attorney, Alexis King, uh, who has ordered the, the gag, uh, put the gag order on, on uh, a lot of the elements of this and prevented Arvada PD and some of the witnesses from speaking out. Is that is that a correct summary of where we're at and what you guys can speak to as to we are Change Colorado's independent investigation? Yeah, exactly. Um, that's basically what we we've heard that Alexis King is the one that's been kind of keeping keeping the kibosh on it all, and they're wait she's waiting to see uh, what 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 else they can unravel and kind of frame it so that it's it's a uh, tragic but uh, justified action, so to speak, and and we've we've all worked we've worked with Johnny Hurley for years. Um, he's had training in his concealed carry. I don't think um, outside of outside of actively trying to disarm said suspect, he would have ever touched that weapon. And um, knowing that that would be evidence, and if anything, he would have kicked it. Um, and just the way the the whole uh area there is because i've been there a couple different times to kind of look at the scene and kind of see what's what's still present um he would have johnny would have had to have um taken down the 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 suspect walked over to the suspect to then grab said said firearm to then walk back to the place in which he um was seen to have uh been shot and killed so um it just doesn't add up there Motion. Yeah. Doesn't. Yeah. Uh, well, what do you think is the priority right now for what, where we should be pushing on this? Brent, you got anything? Well, you know, I think it's quite clear that 
that uh, Johnny Hurley was the most sound mind on the scene. And, uh, you know, rest in peace to, to Officer Beasley. He wasn't able to respond before he was blown away. And Johnny was. Now, we all know humans make mistakes. And in that way, it would be really helpful to see the footage. There's plenty of cameras in that area. And, um, you know, that I, I think that the incentive for anyone to want to make this seem somewhat covered up or wrapped up in a, in, in a good way would be because, you know, Johnny is unfortunately not here anymore. And the officer who, who uh, mistakenly killed him, uh, as I can imagine, is here. And so if it was a true mistake, you know, I can't imagine the, 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 uh, the precinct is going to want to throw him under the bus when he made a clear mistake. And so that to me seems like the little bit of incentive that they could, or huge incentive that they could be for kind of washing this out a little bit, make, taking it out of the public's eye for a while so that, it, you know, any steam dies down. And, um, I just, like Corey said, I really want to see the footage so I can have a better understanding of why my friend's not here to tell his story of how he saved the town. And um, yeah. On, yeah, on that note, I have done a couple, um, I've uh, looked around and I've gotten information on various different cameras. We did see the camera from the um, south side of the library. That's the footage that they released. And uh, if you've seen the footage, you can uh, see that the, uh, the suspect uh, shoots Beasley with the shotgun, goes to this truck, and then proceeds to come out with an AR. And then as he's walking out with the AR, it cuts to black. And that's, um, that's I'm sure there's more footage there, but that's the information yeah, that no we're kidding. asking about. But um, there, was a second, there was a second camera that I did try to get investigation on. And it turns out Arvada Police owns these cameras. And I, I was under the impression that it was the uh, building owner, but um, Arvada Police has a small... Um, not station, but basically an office that they rent out so that they added additional security cameras. And now they have these other cameras coming from a different angle. And I was trying, I've been trying to get information on those cameras myself. Yeah. And, and I'd like to ask for you guys, both Brent and Corey, little background perhaps on, on We Are Change before we get into uh, the community that is coming together right now around this tragedy and i mean it's it's not just a tragedy it's a crime one way or another it's already a crime in the murder of the shooter uh the the the, the shooting the that that was a at least at this point indisputed as a premeditated murder of officer beasley and then the shooting we don't know exactly the circumstances whether it was accidental or not but we do know that there is a criminal cover-up happening right now and those of us who are asking questions are already being uh, assailed in the media. And it, what was it? De some, some local mainstream media like wrote up a story attacking me and Luke Radowski as a way of slandering Johnny Hurley. And you go, this is, this is absolutely insane. And I just want to point out that when government investigates people that they think are, are, are committing criminal activity, they consider all the possibilities. That's what we are doing. I, I, I'd like to generously include myself in your efforts here, you know, as, as helping with online promotion and having this conversation and being I'm, I'm truly honored that, you know, that Rob 
from your group added me to to the two telegram groups where people are co it seem like the primary organizing mechanism around this for we are change right now and when when we consider possibilities what do they call us conspiracy theorists and you go no 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 we're investigating criminals and just seeing what exactly is the extent of their criminal activity so before we get any more into this case can you guys give us a little uh you know background maybe on we are change your involvement the organization and uh we are change colorado obviously specifically and and where it is now because this is the first i've heard of we from we are change colorado in a while and it seems like uh one of the one of the silver linings is a, a reinvigorating of the community and when, when we're directly impacted by the things that we failed to address so far that we took on when we all got involved in activism said we want to make sure this kind of criminal behavior never happens again so i don't know, brent you want to start sure basically as far as i know we are change colorado is a grassroots organization that has had a few members throughout the years of my uh relations with the organization. I'm uh, an artist that has been booked at many events that We Are Change Colorado has produced. And I've been to many open mics uh, for a lot of musicians and artists alike of all different kinds who go to, uh, you know, enjoy themselves and share expressions and other benefit events. And, um, you know, did a a freedom, freedom event last year during the whole uh you know black lives matter campaign down at the uh colorado state capitol in denver at the amphitheater and um you know just really good things with good people and uh it just seems like at any point in time anybody who considers themselves a member or was a member is a member can stand up and and put something on so uh in that way i would just like to uh say that I've seen positive things from the organization. And shout out to Bruce B, who has uh, always included me in, in, in great things and is the reason why I know Johnny Hurley. Yes, of course. Yeah, to uh, my other friends there, of course, Turtle Evans and uh, and, and Bruce Bauman, who have also been really critical to, to my involvement and, and it being similar as just a, a frequent invited guest and, you know, helpful friend and organizer because I've seen so much good work. And, and as you point out, it really is uh, a, a beautifully grassroots open source organization. Corey, you have a lot more direct experience as an organizer. You want to speak to that? Uh, yeah. So um, probably about as soon as I got out of high school, um, I mean, I, I, I've been down the rabbit hole since 9-11, but after, as soon as I was 18, I, I basically uh, found We Are Change Colorado when I was like about 19 or so. But that's when I met, I met Rob, Turtle, Johnny, um, a couple other great guys. Uh, we used to meet at a, at a kid's, uh, a kid's amuse- indoor amusement park late at night after they were closed. And I'll never forget those moments of sitting down and, and, and talking about the elites and the cabal and the, and the Federal Reserve and all the different things that we were trying to address to the people and um, did a lot of street actions downtown. We... Um, we used to uh, fl- have flyer campaigns and bullhorn, and um, we've gone to DIA about the body scanners. We've gone to we've gone to Denver Water Council about the flor- fluoridation of the water. Um, we've uh, done anti-vax protests and, and just body autonomy. You know, um, supporting in your own individual rights and in your medical rights. You know, and it's and we've done a lot of that. We've um, 
We've gone undercover in um, Newt Gingrich's uh, speeches. We've gone undercover uh, at Al Gore's book signings. We, you, you know, with the with the body cameras and everything. And that was, I mean, that was probably back in 2010, 2012, somewhere around there. Um, and then in recent years, um, it's, I mean, it's it's never changed. It's just evolved. We've gotten a little bit more um, in with, involved with the community as as, as far as. Uh, public outreach and music and um, events and um, just gathering and good energy, good vibes, those kind of things. So we've kind of we've kind of um, found com found comfort in those um, in those type of programs. Um, but I do I do say and I said this to Rob, um, Johnny Johnny is our Leonidas when it comes to uh, in comparison. He he's he led the charge for years and. Um, and now he's he's made the ultimate sacrifice. He's laid down his life, and he's uh, he died at the hot gates. And this is a galvanizing moment for old We Are Change members, for new We Are Change members, for people that understand the uh, the, the the cabal and, and and the whole state that is our nation, and what we need to fight for is independent liberties and and sovereignty, and uh, be being being we the people are in charge and the government works for us, you know, and to be honest, get rid of the federal government because we don't need them anyways. All they do is mess it all up. But if, if this, if this moment uh, can galvanize the community to, to demand uh, uh, not defunding the police, but reforming the police and allowing and allowing our police officers to not enforce laws, but to, um, but to d uh, publicly defend and, and peaceably, um, police our communities in in productive and helpful ways. Um, you know that's that's what I want to see. I want to see ten thousand Spartans after Leonidas fell coming down to the front lines to demand mm. that these these law officers or the, the you know these these yes. road pirates stop stop. Uh, you know we don't need uh, for for profit uh, forfeiture. We don't need these ways to just increase our our revenue. Um, no victim, no crime. You know, uh, you recently earlier talked about the Thick Red Line project. I mean, those are great movements that we can try to instill. And we have to have good standards for our, I mean, like if we hold doctors to the high standards to m operate on our bodies, like why aren't we, why aren't we holding uh, police officers that run around with guns and, and run red lights and all these things? Why aren't we allowing, why aren't we thinking the same standards for these people that are in our community every day? <laughs> Yeah, Absolutely, we, we, we allow doctors to get certified to save lives, and they have to go to school for many, many years. We all know this, and we allow police the potential to harm or take lives, and they have to get it's like what less than a year to get certified. And so, I think that's a gargantuous um, inequality that obviously is affecting our lives every day in the real world. And, um, you know, being solution minded. Absolutely. I, I think that we have, we have the ability to respond to our abilities to address these, uh, these inequalities that are affecting us in not good ways. You know, and I just want to add, if I may, real quick, that to know Johnny Hurley is to know somebody who is passionate about using his voice, his hands and his heart. And one of the initiatives that Johnny brought forth with we are change colorado is something called the love police and the love police was yes. just any anybody yes. who wanted to show up yep. and they went around denver 
and just gave out love and hugs to people. And that's who Johnny Hurley was. You know, he stood up. He was a leader for love. Yeah, no, that's some of the most powerful activism and, and media work I've ever seen. The Love Police videos. There was a, a bigger movement. You know, maybe maybe this is what brings it back. Uh, I want to just comment on on what Corey said about uh, we, we don't need to fund. We need to reform. And it might sound like a moderate position, but I fundamentally agree in terms of what changes can be brought about immediately. And it feels like a very exciting time that we are on the verge of, of a massive shift in what it means to, to be a cop in America in the wake of George Floyd, where every cop's got that exactly. in the back of their head. Oh, I could be videotaped at any time. The technology has given us the expectation of complete accountability. And that's a big part of what this case is about. But in the bigger picture of reform versus defund, yeah, it, 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 to say just defund is, 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 is almost simplistic when you say, well, look, they perform some legitimate functions. Can we have them just do the, you know, enforcing the laws that have victims? Can we have them not patrolling and respond to complaints only? Can we have them give up this nonsense racket of civil asset forfeiture and, and all the predatory elements of policing that, that's about revenue generation? America is ready for that. America is long overdue for that. And pushing this case and learning from this case, making John Hurley as, as much of a household name as George Floyd could be critical to taking the next leap forward in, in de-escalating the brutality of the police state. So with, with that bigger objective in mind, and I think a good grounding uh, I, I hope we can use the rest of our time together today in, in service of that and, and this community of, of, of people who are brought together in, in We Are Change Colorado and around Hurley's death to say, let's do something about it. So do we need to talk more about this this independent investigation, the possibilities, possibility of it having been a thwarted false flag that is with a lot of these shootings? There's just there's a lot of fishy stuff around the shooter himself, not just the cover-up, but uh, I, or can we just say, you know what? We're just going to stick to like, we can consider all these possibilities for jump down every rabbit hole, or we can say, no, demand transparency, demand accountability. The idea that a shooting happens and I, I want to connect this real quickly John McAfee. You're going to say a man committed suicide in prison had a note in his pocket and you don't immediately take a picture of that note and release it to the public? Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. Come on. And 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 to top that off, uh you you have you still have um I mean they they never they never like to talk about uh what they the the shooter itself like he he basically was a nobody. I mean, it's not like we need to know much information about him, but he was a nobody. And then he had he had like this little uh, manifesto that they found when no one no one's seen this manifesto, um, you know. And uh, he just said he hated cops. And and, and the, the narrative that we need to address is that as of last summer with the riots and everything, there that you know, uh, violence is never the solution um, unless backed into a corner. But when it comes down to it, they. Uh, there's very much similarities when it comes to, to how Johnny died and how George died. I mean, it, we just, it, it and, and, and it's not about race. It's not about anything. We, we need to hold these people accountable. And I think we ask for the, we ask for the video. 
we we ask for the full video. If 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 the public can't get it, at least the family needs to get it because the family's the, Johnny's family's still, um, as far as I'm aware, they still don't have all the information. They're still waiting, and even if it's just privately released to them, that would be um, a win a, a win to me. Uh, but we still want to be the insight to having these police officers. I mean, you were saying about the body cams, like Colorado, Colorado law just recently, or they just recently passed something saying that they need a mandate body cameras by 2023, 2023. So you're telling me that they're going to spend more money on militarized equipment and SWAT gear and all these other things for deck for, for the last decade, but you can't spend money on body cameras so that yeah, everyone no is found, you can't have body cameras. That. Yeah. yeah. Now, one of the comments on screen I want to acknowledge is it pointed out that the excerpts that were released from the shooter's note were cryptic. I would say they were out of context. And, you know, it reminds me of there was a shooting of two cops in Vegas like seven years ago. I remember because of when I covered it, where the shooters were being extorted by these cops as informants and you go that like they're they're they're, yeah shoot the cops who are threatening your life through extortion like why you know and maybe i'm not i'm not saying that justifies it um but it 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 certainly is a side of the story that you know is being underreported if not completely covered up and and this suggests that it is i i know we've been we've been debating a unifying hashtag for johnny hurley i I don't really care i just do hope that one emerges Um, But I think there's an opportunity and I think he would be happy if we put his name aside for a moment and said the bigger issue that we could make the focus of the campaign is no more cover ups. Like, how is it that we've come in in the United? I don't know if that's the hashtag, no more cover ups, but like it's it's fucking embarrassing. How have we gotten to this point in America where police cover ups like this are just kind of the accepted norm? They do the investigating Something yeah, like McDonald's the- has to be more transparent with their job than a cop these days. Like literally, or they'll yeah. get fired. Their their first go-to is is to do a cover-up or do some spin story. And then at the end of the day, they still have qualified immunity when it comes down to it. If they if they really need to do that, if they really need to go the extreme, I mean that whole that whole aspect of qualified immunity, I think, is a joke too. It just it, it can't be if if they're gonna be the ones running running around the streets that they they can't have these uh these get out of jail free cards you know what i mean yeah i mean it's time for americans to come together and say if you're not transparent you're not allowed to be government anymore sorry brent i i please i want to hear from you on where where you think this goes with the bigger picture um you know one of the reasons why i think the police have incentive for covering this up is because think about this the officer who arrived on scene that apparently killed Johnny. We don't know if Johnny died on the spot or if he laid on the street suffering and eventually passed away. We do know that the police have a protocol of disarming somebody, of cuffing them, of making sure that the scene is stable before rendering any medical care. So in this way, I think that it's possible mm. this tragedy is way deeper than we can ever consider. And it's, it's, it's terrible, you know? And um, mm. so, so there's, a lot of, there's a lot of things going on here. Now, I've written out a, a fairly detailed plan that I, I want uh, some of our, uh, our network to, to help revise and optimize that, that kind of sets out some goals for at least what I would like to see 
And that is A, the public, you know, us identifying the inhumane laws that police are out there enforcing every single day. Because, you know, somebody told me recently, you can't be a good person if you're a cop. And, and I was like, wow, what, what does that mean? So they said, well, if you're a cop, you're signing up to enforce laws that are inhumane. And so in that way, it's tough to be the same person at the same time. You have to prioritize your job over your humanity while you're out there. And so I think that humanizing police officers is something that is essential because we're all human. You know, yeah. I, I don't believe that there's us versus them. I think it's all us. And many of us are sick. And many of us are, are doing things because we've got to pay the bills and we're, we're following the familiar. Right. Yeah. And so in this way, we identify the inhumane laws. In this way, we reform, like, like Corey said, not defund. And to do that, I think that we need to have better qualified officers on the street. We need to qualify those cadets coming in. We need to qualify the veterans on the force and make sure who is truly eligible to be somebody protecting out there, defending out there. Because I don't know if we really understand, like I didn't understand the true nature of the job of a police officer is not to protect and serve. And so in this way, who do we have? Who are we hiring to put on our streets? We're literally allowing people who we know now are not here to protect and serve, patrolling our streets and affecting our lives. So, so what are we doing, first and foremost? Secondly, the officers that are on duty, right, I, I think they need more mental health care mental health support so that Absolutely. people, you know, warriors who are going out into the field every day, let's just call it like it is. If you're exactly. risking your life and going out into the street every single day, you got a lot going on. And so in that way, I think everybody's well served with those of us who were doing that to be a little more balanced and stable and, and have better uh, mental wellness, right? Spiritual wellness and physical wellness so that we can actually protect and serve. And so, mm. you know, it, it, starting there, because I think a lot of officers are probably easily identifiable as bullies or have a history of violence or dishonesty or whatever it is, they shouldn't be in a position of trust. Okay. So I think that we need better qualified officers. I also think that we need more, yep. if not some mandatory weapons training for high pressure scenarios. I don't believe 100%. that the police are. For, are, are. I, I would, I, I mean, I'll jump ahead there and say actually shifting to the British model of like disarm 90 plus percent of police. That's even better. Like, you know, and, and, and I hate to support, a, a you know, another government model here when I would like to see this all transition to a free market voluntary or and well, or community based system. But until then, gun, that fucking asshole would have caused a lot more terror. So I don't necessarily know if I agree with that. I think that in an idealistic world, I'm an idealistic person. I love living up here, you know. However, in down here, a lot of people have guns. When you make guns illegal, who has guns? The people who don't give a fuck about the exactly. law. So in that case, I see your point. I want no, that I'm to not be saying making case. guns illegal. I'm just saying there should be more, more police trained uh, in, in using non-lethal weapons, more police Fair trained enough. in de-escalation. Yeah, who should de -escalation. be moving in that direction? I want to point out, Brent, in, in, in a big part of what you said, you really have embodied something that I have res always respected from the We Are Change Colorado community of that empathy to the, the opposition. And it makes it all the more stark, the contrast with how they talk about us because they, they speak out of hate. And we see that it's, and, and, and we speak out of love and say like, even the, the, like I, when you raise like they're bad people, there are a lot of people in our community on, on our side of the issue who are still in that reactionary mindset 
But We Are Change Colorado has always been grounded in a deeper wisdom that puts empathy first and recognizes that we are all human. And I got to say, for the cop who shot Johnny, you know, I've seen a lot of empathy in in, 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 in all of the suspicious you know, conspiracy talk. Like, well, shit, if, if that cop really accidentally killed Johnny or, jeez. You know, you got it, and, and and the system around him is is covering it up. That's a heavy note. That is, and and for the people involved here, you know, like I I, w- I would say part of the message that we carry has got to be like, look at how much love lightens the load, and and and, and people on our side, the pe- and I don't want to say our side because that's that's inherently divisive, but the the people who have embraced the, this foundation of wisdom and love, we we don't deal with that we're happier people we, we we live better we love better we, we engage with the world better we take care of ourselves and our communities better and it's well, a happier life that anybody can that, break that low the low energy vibration is what is what is this constant drone of division and, and separation and arguing and like 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 brent was saying like live up higher dude you got to have higher energies think think about the long-term goal you know wh- where where's our goal after this right we want the video but like Brent was saying, it's it comes down to making sure that these people that are operating on our streets, like mental health checkups, physical health checkups, um, you know, I, I'd say a minimum IQ. We we know, and I've seen through the years, the office, uh, you know, police police departments choose low IQ people because they like to take orders. That they, they are easily able to take orders, and no, we no, want to make not sure. Not only that, I'll, I want to back you up on this point, Corey. There yeah. was a court case in Connecticut where someone challenged that he was not hired as a cop for being too smart, and he lost. And the courts affirmed the the department's right to discriminate based wow. on being too smart. I mean that that's exactly the point. Like we want these people to make sure, and 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 if they're going to work 40, 50, 60 hours a week on the streets. I would say a fifth, a fifth of their on-duty time needs to be responded with um, off-duty or, or, or you know, paid paid time, but to uh, be trained in de-escalation situations, whether it's a traffic stop, whether it's a robbery, whether it's a domestic violence dispute. How do we make sure these officers don't just go in? With you know, with taser in one arm and, and and nine in the other, and they're just they're just ready to just lock someone up and and just and and you know what? To be fair, they you know th- those there are situations where they could th- their life is at risk, but that's why we have to make sure that these officers have a percentage of their time on the force dedicated strictly to training, de-escalation, how to use words rather than rather than actions, you know. And then when all else fails, like you said, and like like you said, you have the train the specific firearms training to do what is needed to be done if the if the situation gets worse but yeah well military has plenty of training in assessing and analyzing before engaging and i think that we we are well well served with this here on our own streets let alone out in the rest of the world where we're representing and so i think i think that um you know it is it's 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 essential for us to know what's going on, you know, as, as taxpayers and as, you know, responsible citizens to, 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 to protect ourselves even, you know? Right. And if, and if, and if that first responding, if that, I mean, the, the thing is that B, officer Beasley was shot. He was the first on the scene. And unfortunately he passed, he, he was killed. He was murdered. And, 
he wasn't able to respond to the officers that were then coming in on the code red, all officers in the area respond. So then you have all these other officers that aren't privy to the knowledge that there is a CCW Samaritan, there is a civilian there defending the situation, responding to that murder. Um, so to be fair that, it, you know, it's, it's, there's gray area there, but if that first officer, that first responding officer just did a sit, just did a sit rep, dude, just w- look around situation response. What's going on? Where's my cover? What's the situation before you point and shoot? And I don't care. You can say the rifle, you can say whatever, whatever. Johnny, Johnny had a, a, a nine millimeter sidearm. So, um, and I know that I know if Johnny did if, if Johnny did what he was supposed to do, he might have there might have been a firefight. Um, I knew he was shooting from behind a wall. Uh, that's what eyewitnesses said. But um, I think you know if if Johnny was in a in a good situation, he would have he would have either you know put his firearm down or laid down hands up, whatever he did. But in those pivotal moments, we don't know what his reactions were to the officers, where the officer that shot him came from, or, you know, could have been behind him, could have been around, could have been anywhere. But if that officer, if those officers trained to respond to that code red, just gave a five second sit rep or even God, just like every cop movie in the history of cop movies, stop and put your hands up, drop the weapon. If they said that one sentence, Johnny would still be here right now. You know, one thing we should also identify is the key factor that the officer Beasley who who went, to the scene to look for the suspect before the suspect found the officer because the suspect's brother called in that he needed a welfare check. This is what I read. So based on what I read, I learned this. And I learned that two officers, Beasley was with another officer. His partner went in the opposite direction and he went in one direction. And so I don't know if his partner is the one because they're not releasing his name. Oh, interesting. His partner could be the one that saw something and Mm. or like, I, I don't know. So I just want to. Uh, oh yeah, we have, it's all speculation well. right now. It's all speculation right now. But this is this is the these are the pivotal moments. This, these are the first. You know, like they always say in those criminal cases, the first forty-eight. Well, you know, for us, it's the first two weeks, right? Like we have the we have this time to gather as much information as we can, uh, credible information, and make make a calculated adjustment to where we need to go. What's our next step? Yeah, I want to say again to uh, to Rob, thank you for including me in these chats because it's great to see that there are a lot of members of We Are Change Colorado doing on-the-ground investigating and gathering data that is irrefutable, taking pictures of bullet marks on buildings, uh, going and, and, and talking to eyewitnesses, getting video statements from eyewitnesses. So those can be, you know, historical documents that's irrefutable proof of what happened. And I, I know... I've been talking a lot for an interview where I, w- I really want to get you know y'all's insight and perspective on this, but it's something I'm really passionate about. I think to my time in Iraq, I was more of a cop than a warrior. I, I ran a checkpoint. I patted people down. We did patrols. Like it wasn't you know combat as much as it was enforcing martial law. And so there really is a parallel for me in seeing that here and a lot of veterans becoming cops and not ever taking a second to consider this perspective that maybe what they're doing is enforcing unjust laws. And I want to say again, also, we got a comment from our co-host, Ed, what do you think of the Denver Star program? I am not aware of the Denver Star program. No. Uh, well, I, I want to say, well, we can we can get into that uh, if, if, yeah, Google that shit, right? Oh, I do, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm aware of it, yeah. Um, I think that I think that's an addition, but that's not a replacement. Uh, what is I, it? You can't. Um, it, it basically t- talks about um, um, 
medical uh, men mental health officers being replaced um, or police being replaced by mental health, physical health it, people. It's it, it sort of false token reform. Yeah, right? no, it's, yeah. it's it, it, it needs to be in tandem, not not in lieu of. Well, one yeah. of the things yes, that, that police deal with is a lot of people wrongly call police for people having mental uh, breakdowns. Sure, and so sure. that filter probably is is key. And that program might fulfill that because the police might say, okay, we have identified that somebody's sick. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna send you over to those people because yep. we shouldn't be showing up for this. You know, so right. something like that we definitely need. And that's um, and, and that's where the separation is from defunding re rather than reforming, reallocating funds to make sure that these specific needs are met rather than just low IQ dudes with 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 double magazines. You know what I mean? Like it, that's not that's not the answer all the time. Denver Star resolved 748 incidents in the first six months of their program. Well, there without might be force, meaningful reforms to this then. I want to say that yeah. it's, it's, a, it's definitely a mark of progress, even if this isn't the fundamental reform that we want, whether it's symbolic, token, or whatever it is right now. The fact that they're even pretending to, to give these issues any weight is, is a massive sign of what's possible. I think Gentlemen, that's because I think of Elijah McClain. And I think that he would be alive today if that program was enacted back then. They also acknowledge that this the program is the first of many potential solutions to the policing problem. It, Jim wants to know, our, our producer, uh, are, are there any plans for a call flood campaign to, to put pressure on, on the system here to release footage maybe to Alexis I, King's office or to Arvada PD? I know. Request? Is that a thing? Um, well, I'm not sure about the FOIA request, but I I do know we're going to have boots on the ground um, very soon. In whether it's in Arvada in front of Arvada Town Hall, Arvada PD, um, just just to make our our our, pl our place physically known, but at the same time, um, you know, calling call-ins are great. I mean, I you know any any little bit of activism, whether it's you know making just a phone call, demanding as as just a citizen of the community. Um, to have that opportunity, but I know that we are change is going to be doing a little bit more um, more in in your face approach uh, in in a respectful way. Uh, we're not going to be doing the the hollering like we did back in the in the earlier years. Um, we're, but we are going to make our presence known, and we're we're not going to let this get swept under the rug. Three weeks, four weeks later, <laughs> they release it, and no one no one knows the no one knows the truth. We're gonna yeah. we're gonna definitely press for it. No, a, a call flood is a is a great way of digitally protesting or, or pre-digitally now it's all digital right but to say we if until you do this you don't get to talk to other people we're surrounding you we're shutting down your phones your phones don't work. so i mean i i wh where would people go to make sure because i'm in i mean if you're following me if you're following me on twitter at adam kogesh at least if you're if you're watching the show you will be kept up to date on whatever actions are coming out of this and how you can support this uh, we, we've shared uh, the story on the show several times already on, on my social media, been promoting, uh, you know, last Saturday's uh, wonderful memorial event that happened with the community there. Um, but is, is there a, a, a better singular point of action for people to connect with We Are Changed Colorado on this? I, I would probably I would say that our best our best avenue would be through Telegram right now. Um, just uh, look up We Are Changed Colorado through Telegram. Um, we're, we got regular people popping in and out of there and posting, uh, daily stuff. So, um, I think telegram is a good way for us just to be communicating right now. Like I said, it, we, um, we haven't really had a, um, a 
uh, group um, gathering like this in, in, in a while. And, you know, it's a, it's a blessing and a curse that it has to be over this circumstance. But um, I think right now we're doing a lot of, we're doing a lot of connecting and grassroots stuff through telegram. So we are change Colorado on telegram would probably be best. Yeah. And, and you wouldn't object to anybody at this point, just on their own calling uh, no. APD or Vada police go, or go the, uh, County. What, what, what's, what, what's the County? Um, it's, it's Jefferson County. Jefferson and, County. Uh, Thank you. Arvada, Jefferson Arvada, County. Arvada police. Yep. Jefferson and the D, County. And the DA. What's her name? Her, uh, right. I think DA. It's the DA. Yeah. The Jefferson call, County call her, DA yeah. is Alexis King, I believe. Yeah. So yes, yeah, so you can look Definitely those numbers if up. You call, do your best to maintain respect and honor so that we can have, you know, um, some digestibility for your yeah. message. You yeah. know, you want it to be yeah, well received. But, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Never take it out on the person you are talking to on the phone. Right? No. Just like just like customer service. You're on the phone with Verizon. No, it's for the it's the corporate assholes making this policy, not the guy answering the phone. So yep. the point of the call flood is not to harass people answering the phones. Now, with that, gentlemen, uh you you've both gone uh you know well over time here. I very much appreciate it. And if you guys have any as you know, we, we can go as long as you like to make this feel complete for, for y'all, for the community. Um, but yeah, please. I'll just, yeah, I'll just anything say else my, you want to get into? Yeah. My, my, I'm, I'm, I have a, this has been a great conversation. It's been a great time with you all here. Um, I just, I'll say in this, like Johnny, um, Johnny was one of the first, was one of the first guys that really I connected with back when I first started everything. Uh, he was relatable, friendly, just a loving guy. Um, and uh, there's been there's been times hanging out in his uh, in his uh, apartment where I'll I'll never forget as long as I live those those moments of just hanging out and just talking about uh, the universe and, and and living and loving and 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 being a free person and knowing knowing that we have we we are our own government we have the ability to do everything that's right and good in our world and um, and and the responsibilities in our hands. And uh, I think he lived that way. And, you know, we have as, as a group right now uh, living after that, like we have a responsibility to make sure his message is heard and make sure that, um, you know, it's not it's not muddled down by uh, by the typical trope that uh, anar anarch anarcho anarchists are are violent and, and they want to destroy everything. No, we just want to be left alone and 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 we want we understand the fallacy of big government and we want to make sure that um people have people are aware that it's it's your responsibility to to live your life don't let other people tell you how to live your life you know how to live your life and um and that and that's i think one of the main things that he lived by he loved everything he did and he lived within the system but he knew he was not part of the system you know um and I think this is a real, uh, a real uh, capstone uh, moment in We Are Change Colorado because, like, we we can sh we can move this narrative in in into a national into a national news story if we make the right peaceful and and effective and responsible reasonable um, motions towards this. You know, I mentioned the thick red line mm -hmm. is a great way to start. We're not yeah. part of the thick red line, but. I do like their message, you know, no victim, no crime kind of thing. And, and we, we start uh, springboarding and building on that. And um, I, I, I love what Brent's doing and Brent has, has got a great avenue with his, with all of his stuff. 
But if you guys are interested and like what I do, I'm on breakthechains.media on all the social media platforms, um, YouTube. I, I prefer BitChute. YouTube just is a, is you know how YouTube is, right? Um, but yeah, find me there and I, I do uh, graphic designs and um, all kinds of cool stuff. That's, I, I made everything behind me. So, you know, just um, follow me if you like what I do and follow Brent. He's got great music. And his his message of farms not farms is is amazing as well. So Brent, you can take it away from here. Thank Please. you, Corey. Yeah, I I guess I just have two points uh, to conclude with, and uh, thank you again, Adam, for sharing share, shedding some light on Johnny's story. Yes, and, thank you, Adam. Um, thank you, Corey, for uh, doing your part as well. Um, you know, two points that I want to bring up. One apart from the plan that uh, is being developed. People, uh, supporters of We Are Change want to see a unit of justice um, uh, aspect come through, which is basically uh, reformative justice or where conversation is had with the officer and the community so that um, true accountability can happen and true healing can take place. And that's something that I, I um, bring up so that people can look into for ourselves, I believe, one of the women or the woman who's pioneering this, her name is Sylvia Clute. And um, unit of justice is a uh, is, is pretty healthy way from what I've been learning to address um, hardships and, and, and is serious issues that, uh, you know, we don't have to throw people away um, to do it, you know? And so that, that's number one. And number two is that this proves you know, Johnny's scenario proves to me that somebody can be a staunch um, advocate against police, you know, brutality and violence and abuse of power and general uh, existence, <laughs> you know, or let's just say presence, right? Maybe mm -hmm. not existence, but presence. We obviously know police are needed in certain situations. And, you know, Johnny's situation, it, it proves it also, you know, so, um, the police obviously weren't, you know, Johnny was more needed in that situation, though, if Johnny wasn't there, we wouldn't needed somebody to step up. Johnny was somebody who also proves that you can be a sovereign individual and protect others if you're prepared. And we know that preparation meets opportunity is luck. So thank you, Johnny, for doing that and proving that, you know, you, uh, you can actually have great contribution just being ready. And it proves that somebody who could be angry at police still can be human first and go put their lives on the line and protect police because Johnny saw that an officer was killed and he stood up for the whole entire town. And this guy, this, this, this murderer, apparently wanted to have it out with the police. So if Johnny didn't do that, it, it seems to me that a gunfight would have ensued with the, with the police that were incoming to the scene and the guy went to go get his, uh, you know, he had a shotgun at first, I believe. And then he went to go get his semi-automatic rifle. So, you know, I, I think um, any, any narrative that gets spread about Johnny in a way that's, that, that's not light and love or, or, or positive, it doesn't even matter because his actions prove that he was human first and exactly. that life is paramount. And he was willing to put his life on the line to save a police officer regardless of his emotions or whatever he did in the past. So that right there proves that, you know, caring, caring makes our world better and makes us all safer. And it doesn't matter what kind of version of love you were taught, 
you love love. And maybe not the bullshit version that you were taught, whoever fucking lied to you about it, if that's the case. If that's if you're one of us who was taught a bullshit version of love, then I just want to say that, you know, consider that there's better love out there. And, um, you know, it doesn't mean that whoever taught it to you is, 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 should be thrown away either. You know, we're all, we all have sicknesses growing up and, and learning throughout this life. So may we just learn to forgive more like Johnny did on the spot. You know, immediately. Johnny on the spot. Johnny on the spot. He forgave whatever emotions yeah. he had in the past. And he, believe me, he went out and spoke against police. He went out and spoke, you know, man, he, he was very vocal about what he was not feeling. And um, and now we got to feel for him. And, and, and God willing, you all feeling a little bit of what we're sharing in terms of, you know, how to harmonize. Because somebody, I saw somebody comment that you got to fight for freedom, you know. When we lose our freedoms, history has proven that we got to fight for it. At the same time, we still have a lot of freedoms. So I don't think that we need to fight for the freedoms we have. I think we need to love for the freedoms we have and educate so that we understand the freedoms that we have. Because plenty of us are just serving instant gratification and are put into these boxes to watch TV, to watch, listen to the radio, to do things that keep us off the streets. And you are so powerful. Your voice, as people were so powerful, we could do nothing and the world would be great. So for, to, to understand our power as people in the human, in the human network, we really got to step up and, and show our care and prepare, pre prepare ourselves to be able to contribute in a good way because we all have a different color to add to this rainbow of life. So thank you all. Definitely check out farmsnotfarms.org and uh, you can subscribe on Spotify, Apple, and um, yeah. Thank you all. Beautiful. Yeah. Thank you both, gentlemen. A couple of things I want to say just to wrap this up. Speaking of demonizing Johnny Hurley dishonestly, unfairly, uh, in, a, in a truly slanderous way, shame on J.J. McNabb and the Colorado Times recorder for the slander piece that they did earlier, trying to trying to use me and Luke Radowski to, to demonize uh, to, to demonize Johnny Hurley. And I, I hope that everybody involved, everybody who knows J.J. McNabb, um, everybody who works with her, uh, everybody who wrote that story, had anything to do with that Colorado Times Recorder article, that they watch this interview and they feel the love that's behind what we're doing and they understand why we're doing what they're doing and, and, and they feel that, that there is a, a, a deeper cause of moving humanity forward to a state of higher vibration, of greater love, of greater harmony. And so finally, three last plugs related to Johnny Hurley's case. The GoFundMe is up for his family. Bruce Bauman is, is supporting this that Brian is doing. Um, so I'm, I'm confident in its legitimacy. If you want to contribute financially, he set up a modest goal of $8,000. There's already 73,000 plus there. Wow. Amazing to see Amazing. the community coming together. It's still not enough to do Johnny Hurley justice. If you can chip in a couple bucks, if that's how you want to contribute rather than making phone calls or promoting the story, please go ahead. Um, also there's an event both. tonight. Excuse me. I just said, or do both. <laughs> yeah, right. Or and, and or do both. All of the above. Uh, but also, there is an event tonight that Bruce Bauman is asking people to attend from five to nine p.m. with a uh, free concert. Uh, Thursday night bites. It's a Arvada thing, and more uh, being hosted by hashtag Arvada Strong. Um, 
some questions about who all is behind that exactly, but if Bruce Bauman is asking people to be there and it's an opportunity to remind people of Johnny's story, please show up tonight if you can be um, in, in Old Town, Arvada. And finally, finally, the We Are Change Colorado Telegram channel. Please get that on screen. There it is, t.me slash we are Change Colorado. Brent, Corey, thank you very much both for your time today and for your work on this issue and for everything you do to move humanity forward. Thank you, Adam. Appreciate all you do. Thank you, Adam. And definitely, again, shout out to Bruce B. And shout out to Kenny's Kitchen, who also represents hard all the time. And uh, at Kenny's Kitchen, at Peaked, or a bunch of other things. Love you all. All right. And with that, Let's get Ed Vallejo back up on screen. I know he was watching and listening eagerly to that. We've only got a few minutes left. Uh, not a lot of room for comedy in that interview, uh, but a lot of great, serious content. Holy shit. And, you know, I, I connect. It, it, there's a weird storm brewing around me right now. At least it feels that way with John McAfee's murder. Yeah, it was a murder. I can call that a murder. Um, I, I don't think we can rule out the possibility of uh, Johnny Hurley's death being accidental. Um, you want to call it a murder in a metaphorical larger sense. That is absolutely fair. Um, but uh, combined with everything with happening with January 6th, with the FBI visiting here, um, I, I've got a few friends in the hospital right now uh, under you know, various circumstances where you go, hmm. Uh, it's, 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 a, it's a lot right now. Ed, can you, can you, uh, bring a little bit of Ed Vallejo wisdom to bring this all together? You have to turn your microphone on first. You're a very courteous co-host, but there's a time to hear you. You know, I, I, I don't know what to think, Adam. There's like you said earlier, you, you pointed you pointed it out that there are complexities amongst complexities, and you know, there's like I said, there's different factions that are vying for control, and there's all this stuff going on. It's like a soap opera that you watch during the daytime where they're all just overacting really hard in the directions that they want to go in, and you can almost point them out. But I, I, I we need more information. We need more information, you know? And like you said, you want to talk to them and they're ducking you. That's strange in itself. <laughs> the FBI is fucking afraid of me. I want Trevor Colbert. Trevor, Trevor, Trevor. Fucking find me. Call me. Email me. Let's talk, man. Uh, and, and oh, like, but even nobody, nobody from the FBI will even say, hey, Adam, we want. We're open to hearing your your tips because you have you have information about a crime. There's as I've said publicly, I have information essential to the prevention of a crime. I'm willing to talk to the FBI about it. They won't even talk to me now. <laughs> now you got me speechless. What am I gonna do? Yeah. Yeah, well, hey, out of all of this, I think, Ed, you would agree. Uh, I don't think we have a comment contest winner for today. Thank you to everybody who tried to inject a little comedy today. Yeah. But uh, the, 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 the conclusion here is the reminder to just stay focused, stay zen, stay on your path. Don't be distracted. Stay in the love. And uh, if, if whatever that leads you to tactically, 
Who knows? Uh, but if you do that, at least you're going to have a smile on your face most of the time, and you're going to really enjoy being alive. The more I've learned in life that the more love that you pour out, the more capacity for, for love you have in you. But if you use love selfishly, it diminishes your capacity for love. Mm. Well, it's part of humanity moving forward. And with that, no time for producer notes. Mwah, peace and love. Y'all choose happiness and be excellent to each other. Thank <laughs> you.